0: What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB, and this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Brain Body Resilience podcast. This is episode number 101 and i am still your host jpb today i want to talk about um social situations how we get ourselves through those and maybe some questions we should be asking so let's jump in i'm going to begin this with a with a tale i spent many many years growing up um coping with my self-doubt and discomfort in social situations with the booze. I drank, obviously, um, thought I became more fun, and then just didn't care about anything until the next day when I would then analyze my behaviors from the night before and just be super embarrassed And I truly don't think I ever did anything incredibly inappropriate to warrant that embarrassment. I I checked in and no one ever said it was outrageous, but the doubt and the embarrassment was still there. And I quit drinking for the most part. um, About three and a half years ago, after my brother died, I quit drinking and quit smoking cigarettes. And I promised him that I would build a life that I liked. And so quitting, These things, drinking and smoking, which uh, I've had recently had conversations with people just talking about how hard it is. And I know that is a very real thing for a lot of folks. I think because I was ready to change, it was not difficult for me. Around this time, I started having seizures and then I lost my brother and my whole world had just been changed forever. And so that little piece of more change in that moment just kind of fit in. I also adopted the perspective of, you know, let's see what else is out there. Because for me, I started binge drinking to drown my feelings and fit in socially when I was about 14. And I started smoking when I was maybe 12. So I had a good solid 20 years to explore all of the things that those had to offer. And it turned out what was offered was no longer what I wanted. And so making that shift was not difficult for me. But learning to be in social settings without these coping tools to numb and distract me from my discomfort did not happen overnight. It is actually still a work in progress. I went to a wedding uh, last night. I'm recording this on a Sunday for my cousin. It was a beautiful celebration of two incredible people joining their lives and there were so many people I didn't know. And sometimes when I am uncomfortable in these social situations, I compensate for my discomfort by talking way too much. You're here, you listen to me, you know that I like to talk. Um, And sometimes in these situations, I don't know when to stop. And I can see the conversation dragging on. And I can see the other party involved getting less and less interested. And then so obviously, I just keep going. And I know that I did an episode about this last year, almost a year ago, it was uh, after a Halloween party where I had a similar situation where I was very embarrassed and realized how much um, being isolated from COVID had changed how I socialize and, and along with these other other changes that i have been talking about how i don't have these t- the, these coping tools and it was all just kind of a mess so a year later i am still encountering these things with a different perspective now so um i will link that episode in the show notes just in case you want to take a listen uh to the contrast there are a lot of similarities in in what i'm going to say but i think there are um I have shifted in my perspective of myself and the questions that I ask a lot this year. And so I wanted to share those with you. Um, so at this at this wedding, I was introduced to a couple of people that were very important to the bride. And so I was nervous. Along with the fact that I had just uh, smoked a little bit of weed because I live in a state that it's legal. And um, I was nervous meeting these people and... Then I did the thing where I talk for too long and didn't exit when the social cues arose. So I went on and on until both of their faces were giving me obvious signs of what the fuck, lady, move along. So then I said, oh, hey, there's cake. And I moved myself along. And this isn't the first time that my husband tells me he tried to give me these subtle cues that were you know that I was lingering too long of which I caught none and I told him, you know, thank you for the subtle cues. I don't need subtle cues in this situation. I need you to rescue me from myself. Get me out of there. It is not that I didn't see that it was awkward. I just felt so uncomfortable and I didn't know how to exit. So I kept talking to fill the space, which was not the answer. So I thought about this interaction for far too long into the evening, feeling incredibly embarrassed, just these thoughts going through my head that they probably think I'm an idiot. They just looked at me like I was so dumb. And I wanted to make a good impression. And usually when we try to make a good impression, it doesn't. It doesn't work out like that. Because we are trying to be something that is not quite authentic to ourselves and who we are, which is always going to be a little bit weird. So after a couple of hours of uh, bringing this embarrassment up yet again, my husband reminded me that those people probably didn't think about me once after I released them from our conversation. Their loved one had just gotten married and they were there to celebrate that not judge me or think about me at all. And the bottom line here, folks, is that it's not about you. And this for me is sometimes really hard to uncouple my lived experience with the fact that the situation is not about me. Not Everything is not about me. And I know that, but separating my own experience from that um, is sometimes difficult for me. And so, you know, n- not not even just that the event wasn't about me, but this experience that was an internal struggle of my own and a very real experience for me was all in my head. I mean, was the conversation drawn on and a little bit awkward? Yes, absolutely. And then that was the end of it because people are not thinking about you like you are thinking about you. They are not judging you like you are judging you. They are not spending their time analyzing everything that you do like you are. Social encounters are very important to your brain because, evolutionarily speaking, being part of a group meant higher survival rates. And so, we want to fit in. We want people to like us. And, When we're so concerned about how others are seeing us that we are still thinking about it for hours and days later, what we're actually doing is trying to manage the perception that someone else has of us or had of us after the fact. So, really, this makes no sense and it is impossible because we can't change it. We can only control the controllable, and that is absolutely never what someone else's perception of us is or. Of anything else. So, then with that, how do we stop obsessing over the impression that we made on others, if that is a concern? And the answer is acceptance. It is all about accepting that you are a human being, and you are in fact flawed. There's no way to get around it, because there's no such thing as a perfect human. So, miss me with all of that but I'm a perfectionist nonsense. Because I know it well, and it's really just shame and self-doubt wrapped up in a real tight, very pretty little bow that we can find so no one will ever question our worth more than we already do, which is highly unlikely to begin with for all the reasons I have already stated that nobody's thinking of you as much as you are. And so we've all heard the saying... You are your own worst critic. And I hear people repeat that and like, I know, I'm, I'm I'm my own worst critic. Well, I'm my own worst critic and I have said this so many times to myself. Okay, well, what if you decided instead to be your own biggest fan, your own biggest hype person? How would that change things for you? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that just changes overnight, but it is a decision that you make and it takes practice and that change can happen. As I was at this wedding, and I was watching the bride and groom, I, it it was just such a beautiful thing. Because they were so full of joy and full of that freshly married energy. But it was more than that. They were comfortable with who they are. They were silly, and they were weird. And they were a little bit awkward in moments as an outside observer, and everything in in between, because they are also human beings. And I'm not in any way suggesting that they don't hold their own doubts and possible insecurities because I don't think that those things go away for anyone. We, again, are all human beings. But how we choose to interact with those things change. So as it relates to social anxiety and worries that the long, drawn-out conversation that ended awkwardly will actually make you melt from the inside out, remember that we are all too focused on our own experience of a situation to pay that much attention to what others are doing. And when we do feel those moments, and we do start to spin out of control, doubting ourselves, analyzing, oh my god, what did they think? We can ask ourselves this question, what does that mean? If this thing is true, so in this case, If these two uh, people that I was talking to thought I was just a complete idiot, then okay, what does that mean? It means that they think I'm an idiot. Okay, that that affects my life in no way. And so if we stop and pause long enough to ask ourselves that question, okay, if this thing that I'm making up in my head right now is true, then what does that mean? How does that change my life? How does that contribute? Is this information useful? Is it usable? Okay, and then what? Getting curious instead of jumping to the judgment and conclusion that this person thought I was an idiot and so now that must mean that I am an idiot. Get curious about what is under that fear of social rejection and ask yourself, is it really because you are rejecting yourself? Pieces of yourself. And when we start asking these questions, we find that when we start accepting ourselves, it is less important if someone else does not. So I'm going to leave you with that nugget to chew on this week. My challenge to you this week is to recognize where acceptance is lacking and notice where you can allow for more of your own humanity. Thank you for being here. As always, if you've got thoughts or reflections from this episode, I absolutely love hearing them. And if you know someone who can benefit from hearing this, please share it with them. I am wishing you a beautiful week. Until we meet next time, JPB out.